Welcome back to the Rewind That Tape podcast. This is your host, Mr. Stromboli. I'm Dr. Cash. And I'm Jay Probs. And today we're going to be talking to you guys about our daily storylines, starting off with the Brooklyn Nets. Once again, this up and down team finds a way to go knock off the Clippers. I mean, what do you have to say about this game, Probs? Yeah, I mean, it kind of shows the net ceiling for sure. I mean, they can go and and score 124 on the Clippers, who are a pretty decent defensive team and are up there. They're one of the best team title favorites for sure. And so this is what makes the net so dangerous, I feel like, is that they could just pop off any night. And you have to have your A game ready on offense or defense to stop them. And I think it's possible. We've seen teams do it, but it's not very easy. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my I question is... I think that this, Ram, this uh, Nets team, um, they definitely found a way to work around their mistakes that they made against Washington. But I just wanted to point out, like, the addition... The addition of Nick Batum has been very underrated for this Clippers team. I mean, Batum yeah. shot 70% from the field this year. He had that ginormous contract, but I'm not saying it's paying off, but he's playing better than most people expected. But although in the end, uh, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets still won, and Harden was one for six from beyond the arc. So they, they it shows that with that depth, they can win when one person is struggling. Yeah, Serge Ibaka, I think, is another guy that you might want to add into the mix that mm-hmm. the Clippers added this year, and he's been the third leading scorer on the team. So you you start to like see some improvement from this Clippers team by adding that veteran presence. He's played twenty games this year, and he started all of them. So yep. I think like yeah. like Batum, that was a good add for the Clippers. And right currently, they hold the second seed, but I don't know. It seems like the Clippers just have a lot of shaky performances. Mm-hmm. When we when they get on a big stage, yeah, for sure, for sure. But I think um, this this game was close for sure. I mean, if not for a couple late points for Brooklyn, we could we could have seen this going in the other direction. I think, um, yeah, they they had some really solid performance from Leonard and Paul George, both of them scoring thirty three and twenty six respectively, but. I think one of the biggest things that jumps out to me, at least, is Lou Williams only had four points. Like, this is your explosive guy off your bench, and you need to be able to rely on him. So I think they need to get a bit more production from their bench, especially from guys like William and Zubov. Yeah, and it also comes to the point where if you take a look at the Clippers' schedule, Mm -hmm. they've lost... Their their best wins, well, early they knocked off the Lakers and Nuggets, but after yeah. that, after their loss to Dallas, and they've just kind of been trending in the wrong direction. I mean, you have wins, but these wins are all against mediocre teams, teams in like the middle of the pack, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then both Not title the, contenders. Both, yeah, both the big games against the Nets and the Hawks, which are like at least playoff teams. Title favorite for sure. Yeah, both of those games got uh they lost. So I mean, it comes to say like, is this Nets team for real? And I know it's gonna take time for chemistry to mesh, but like, mm-hmm. what's the timetable here? Do you think that these guys finally get used to them? I mean, all of those guys are ISO players or or guys that just like to, you know, play without 
they're not used to playing with three of the same personalities kind of yeah. on the court. So, I mean, my question to you guys is how long do you think the timetable is before these guys fully mesh up, or is it going to be like this the whole year? I think it's going to take at least a couple, like 20 games, maybe like three to three months, maybe because it's going to be hard for these guys to mesh, mesh for sure, because they such different or such similar characteristics. So they're going to have to find a way to play off each other. And I think in the middle of the season, that's going to be really hard to do. And it's going to take a, a yeah decent amount of time for sure. Yeah. I think this Nets team, I don't know if, um, if we're going to see a really a better version, because there's always one of the three, at least that score 35 or more points. And then the rest are, 20 or 30 or below so mm-hmm. i think that's what we're gonna see from this net team i don't think it's gonna get really much better because you can't ask these three players to give you 90 points a game it's just unrealistic in my opinion yeah but i mean yeah yeah go ahead probs oh i was just gonna say yeah um you can't be asking them to give you 90 points a game but i feel like when one of them is scoring 35 plus like Kyrie did, KD is in 28, close to 30, and Harden is 23. So you have top scoring Kyrie, then you have KD and Harden. I think once they start meshing, I think we might start seeing a couple like KD and Irving maybe, both in the 30s. So I think Brooklyn could start seeing these guys, maybe not go for 90, but I'd say like 80 points per game. That That's what they should be asking from their three stars. Because there there isn't anything yeah. else around them. Like the expectation. Person, yeah. Yeah, and and when you look those are kind of both sides of it. We we've, we've seen like we talked about earlier, SOS hasn't really been a factor for the Clippers and then the Nets. They have the the talent. The biggest question is how long is it gonna take for that to work together? And I mean I, I see what you're saying, probably, but I don't know. I, I just don't like I, I, these three players are good basketball players, and I think they can play uh-huh. basketball really well. I just don't think they are ready to play together because of their, their style of play. And they're mm-hmm. such rhythm players that once one guy catches fire, you're really asking it to take the ball out of his hands. And I know that's not going to be too good in the locker room, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to exactly. give you guys a chance to wrap it up here before we move on into the next segment. Yeah, I just think this is something entirely different than what Katie had in Golden State because Clay and Steph were spot up shooters. They can Yeah. They weren't rhythm players like you say. And Katie was down there on the block getting his work in. And here you have Kyrie and let's say he gets hot, goes for like five points, then you're just asking James Harden to sit in the corner and just wait for the ball. Like he doesn't know yeah. how to move around like that. He's never done it in his yeah. life. So I think that's going to be one of the biggest areas that Steve Nash has to work on with the Nets. And to be honest, I don't think they're going to master that. I think it's kind of going to be like where one person gets hot and then they take over, everyone else just stands there. And I think that's going to be how the Nets play. I'm I'm not entirely sold on them as title favorites for sure because because of how they play and problems like that that arise yeah i mean yeah it's kind of like a sort of mess with what they got going in brooklyn i mean they they get the trade they get the talent but 
if you can't convert, I mean, how is mm-hmm. how are you going to say that this team is ready to go? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it. it's not going to be a there's it's not the blowouts that we were seeing. This team isn't great defensively, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's going to take some time for Hardened and uh, Irving to find their fair share of minutes and who's going to get the ball. Yeah, it seems like it yeah. seems like every single team is scoring at least one twenty on them. So. Yeah, it's that's the kind of defense yeah. that I guess. Yeah. yeah, it's it's gonna it's it's like almost like a Wizards kind of play right now with the defense mm-hmm. on that team. Yeah. We'll have yeah. to see uh, how much what we're calling the Harden effect carries over into Brooklyn late in the year. Mm-hmm. As we move on into our next segment of the episode, which takes a look at Fred Van Fleet, Van yep. Fleet. Who broke DeMar DeRozan's scoring record, knocking down a bunch from beyond the arc. Exactly. And the Toronto Raptors knocked off the Orlando Magic 123 to 108. The Raptors sitting at 9 and 12. Before we get into the Van Fleet part of this segment, I just want you guys' opinion on the Raptors. Is this a playoff team or are we looking at somebody on the bubble? I, th- I think there's a playoff team. I mean, they haven't gotten it together for sure but um i think that uh they for sure have the talent i think van vliet showed that i mean they assigned him to a massive extension or not massive just a big extension so he he'll be there he'll be producing and i think pascal siakam he still has a bit to go i mean he doesn't have that much in his offensive arsenal but i think he's still growing young player and you also have ananobi powell Boucher, who's come on, come into his own, I think that gives you this young nucleus that, I mean, they're going to have rough patches like this because they're so yeah. growing. And so it, this is to be expected, but I think there's they are for sure going to bounce back because yeah. right now at the moment, they have, they have six players in double digits. So I think they can keep that up. Um, up their defensive intensity, be one of those top defensive teams like they were last year. I think, I think they can um, for sure be in the playoff in the top five for sure. Yeah, I definitely like the addition there uh, of how Chris Boucher has turned out for this team. But mm-hmm. um, I don't. I think I, I'll have to go with them being on the brink of being a, a bubble team or at least a seven seven seater below because. Um, when 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 I look at how these guys have been playing, they they put themselves in a position early on where they have to just rely on op- offense uh, power to get them out of that hole, whether it's being down double digits or just shooting mm-hmm. below twenty percent from the field. Um, I think I think that's definitely not the same team as it was last year. Siakam, as you said, his arsenal offensively just isn't the best, and right as it yeah. stands right now, they're a nine seed yeah. behind. Uh, the uh, the Hornets, excuse me, for one game for the eight seed. So I de- I'm gonna go with them being a bubble team because I honestly I don't see them be- beating the Hawks, Pacers, Celtics, Bucks, Nets, or Sixers in a seven game series. I don't even I think is a, a series against the Hornets would take them six or seven. Wow, I I think I think they're. I, I, it's just the way that the Hornets have been flowing, especially moving the ball around Gordon Hayward. And this Raptors team, they, they got to figure it out offensively. I mean, you, you scored uh, you scored 123 points, but, I mean, Van Vliet's not going to give you 50 a night. For sure. 
Yeah. So yeah, we, it's we yeah. Saw, it's, we saw. But I think I think the Raptors play some much better defense in this yeah, game de- as well. Yeah, defensively, I'll give them that. But at the same time, look, the Magic, the Magic are they're not a, they're not a great team offensively. Like and and not to mention they don't have Markel Fultz. Uh, they don't have. Jonathan Isaac, they don't Aaron have Aaron Gordon, so definitely yeah. there's some, just there there's some there's some strengths you can take away from this game, but obviously Van Vliet's not giving you fifty a night. But I think I think this is a starting point because I mean they've been struggling for an entire season almost, and I think getting quality win like this, getting Van Vliet back and going, um, yeah. getting that defense kind of set because sure Orlando's two two games against Orlando is pretty easy. They should be able to win that, and I give you that it's not that very hard. But they they needed that because they were in a tumble. I mean, they were losing to opponent after they were on a three game losing streak, and they just the losses were piling up. And I think they just need those two wins, which hopefully are going to set them up. Because yeah, I mean, they definitely couldn't have lost one mm-hmm. of those two games. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that just would have been terrible. But yeah. They can't. They can't beat good teams. I, mm. in my opinion, like any team with a major superstar and with some sort of talent around him. Um, it's. It, uh, it also. It also comes to add that Toronto is playing in Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. It's not like they have a home arena. Yeah, yeah, this right is. Now. Yeah, there's, it's there's... not a normal season. Definitely. Yeah, that's something to take into factor. I mean, this is the first time we've seen anything like this. I mean, you're you're uh, you're in a whole. You're you're in a city. In another country, playing mm. in different environments. So yeah, that's definitely something to take into factor. But yeah, again, like I was saying, this team doesn't uh, doesn't find a way to win against teams that have that have playoff hopes. Like for mm-hmm. example, if it's the Bucks, like the Bucks, Bucks can beat this team by double digits. Um, so it's it's just a matter of time before these guys figure it out. And I mean, they got a, an important stretch of. Three games. They got the Nets, Hawks, and Grizzlies all on the road. Celtics. Um, they they can prove themselves here. So if, if they can win two of these, two or three of these games, I that can definitely be something. Yeah. Taken. I think account. I think if they can limit Brooklyn and that that offense to let's say like one hundred ten points or something, then I'd call that a success because you're gonna see. This, yeah, I agree. The defense is gonna that. I'm just looking at the defense because at this point I know. The offense is struggling, but they rely on their defense so much that if they can get that defense back on track, it's only going to be a matter of time before the offense starts clicking. Yeah, they have their eight of their next nine are on the road, mm-hmm. including facing Memphis, Atlanta, Brooklyn, as we already mentioned. Boston is another current playoff team, and then two against Milwaukee and two against Minnesota. Speaking of Washington, I mean, just a little quick update. I mean, another loss this week, and Bradley Beal does not want to get traded. Any thoughts on that before we move on? I mean, yeah, that's gonna, it's quite surprising. But, um, yeah, I think there's going to be a article out on the website. So go check that out on all the details about Bradley Beal actually not, not wanting out of Washington. So, yeah. Yeah, check that out at rewindthattape.com for more information. For now, we're going to move on into the biggest story of the day. I would say 
the NCAA bringing back, or excuse me, EA is now bringing back NCAA, the college football game that they previously made. I mean, there's a lot of cover athletes that you could say that that deserved it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, who do you guys think that the NCAA or EA will put on this cover for this new game that will be coming out this year? I think it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. I mean, productive number one pick. Um, I don't think it's going to be anyone like um, um, Burrow or anything. I think they're going to stick with the her or Lawrence because that's the year he's graduating. So I think, yeah, I think um, it's going to be Lawrence, no doubt. Yeah. Cash, what do you think? Yeah, I think, um, look, this game is, it was, it's incredible. I love playing with these college teams, but I think it could be between Lawrence. I don't know how they situate that with him going to the NFL already. Um, but if I was to choose a cover for the 2021 year, definitely um, be between, I'd probably say a Spencer Rattler would be my favorite. Um to, to get on the cover just because of how Next he ended year. his year. Yeah, and, and how he's like a Heisman favorite. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's probably Rattler. I mean, quarterback, it could be Rattler. I don't think it could. it's going to be another quarterback like Sam Howell or Bryce Young kind of a thing. I think it's yeah. <clears throat> if it's a quarterback, it's going to be Rattler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it certainly I mean, up we could even see a wild card in there like B. John Robinson or Derek King. It, but I think it's Rattler, definitely. Yeah, because yeah, I think to Prubs' point, it, it you have to have like a certain – they have to decide if they're going to let players that are going into the NFL be on the cover. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, then I think, I think it's clear to say that it's unanimous here that we think Lawrence will be on it. But I think, once again, to Cash's point, I, I, I mean, I don't know too much about – who's front running, but I, I know, I know Rattler's in the early mix for sure. So I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him on the cover, but we also mm-hmm. saw, I mean, if we saw 2019 and 2020 or 2018 and 2019, I think we'd see Kyler and Baker who won and then Joe Burrow after them. And those guys were all Heisman winners. So, I, I mean, I, I'd say it's hard not to put somebody that's a Heisman winner on the cover. Yeah. So maybe we might see Devontae Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Devontae Smith might get a look at it. Do you guys think the next question that we have right here is, do you guys think that this game will outsell or be more popular than Madden or NBA 2K? Both really popular games, but this could, I don't know. This could emerge uh, victorious with the brand new game in like what? Seven years. I think, I think that gives them an edge for sure because there's, there's, so much hype around this game i mean it just got released like today and we're already talking about it all social media is talking about it everyone's talking about it i mean you never see this much hype for madden or 2k i mean me personally i i don't ever get madden or 2k because there's no real difference uh if you ask me except for a couple rookies but um yeah ncaa i might i might grab that because uh i haven't played that in a while i mean i just remember uh playing with uh the mascots is the funnest thing ever. So yeah, I I think 
I think a lot of people will remember those memories they had in uh for sure I think NCAA will be pop more popular than Madden or two or two K. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, agree. Uh, I mean definitely. when you I mean, go ahead, Cash. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I definitely agree with the part of um, the audience that this is going to. It's going to be so spread out because it can be adults who played this seven years ago back in college or high school. Mm-hmm. It can be the younger generation who wants to play with their favorite college team. I think these numbers will skyrocket. I don't know if they'll go higher than Madden. I think they could go higher than 2K, though, just because how 2K uh, – the adjustments they've made haven't been um, very favorable, but yeah, this game it's it was it's a NCAA fourteen the last one that came out a lot of yeah. fun and yeah this definitely I can't wait for this because not to mention like um, the Madden games like you were able to play with a few college teams and just you took what you take and um, yeah yeah you take what you got is what I meant but yeah it's people have been waiting for this game ever since uh, yeah. it's been a year since the twenty fourteen version so. I think it's definitely the numbers are going to skyrocket. I mean, we've seen fans everywhere just like, please give us um, NCAA back. So I mean, I think there's going to be light lines at the door for this for this game. Yeah, I I, ho- I really hope that we don't see it get sold out because I hope EA <laughs> makes enough games because uh-huh. that would be more frustrating to not get your hands on this game mm-hmm. than to imagine that its numbers dip. For now, though, that will wrap up this episode of Rewind That Tape podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to check out our social medias everywhere that you go. And we will also be on our website, rewindthattape.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. And also, uh, be on the lookout for the Rewind That Tape YouTube channel coming out soon. For now, that'll do it. We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.